Hey, um, hello, good morning, and welcome to another episode of MySpace. Um, today's episode will should cover transfer, transfer it should just be transfers. Um, the transfer window, by the way, opens on the tenth of June. That's in six days, and a lot of deals are already happening. Um, as a Manchester United fan, I'm made to believe that your club cannot work on deals when it's not the transfer window. And I'm happy that clubs are actually being very proactive. It's sad that United will always. I mean, there is track record, so I'm probably right when I say it. Much, what United do is that they start out the transfer window slowly, and then people say the window is not open yet, the fans will calm down. And when the window comes, they sign one player at the beginning of the window, one player mid-window, and then one player just after tiny the second player. And then on the final day, on deadline day, they now say um, maybe some relocus for one other person that receives um, press brief from the club comes out to say United do not expect to do any business on deadline day. And then that's how transfer has finished. And they usually ignore one position. Currently, there are no links to defensive midfielder for Manchester United. Um, Precious Woko is here and we'll discuss a little about United before we talk about transfers. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to be here, you know. <clears throat> and the episode of <laughs> what feels like football therapy, right? So, um, for my United, I mean, links, but I don't think so far the way we've gone about this this summer is like has been the best way or has been what I expected. Now, most of the changes that we've seen has been internally at the club, right? And they've they've kind of neglected all the work we need to do on the squad. Now, the players that have left so far are players that we knew were always going to leave, right? Exactly. Jamata was always going to leave. Matic was always going to leave. Um, Pobo Alingard, always going to leave. So, Cavani. we've not... Yeah, Cavani. We've not, we've not done any transfer yet. These are people that we're always going to leave. They all left on free transfers, right? So mm-hmm. that does not that does not scream the restructuring that I did not expect, but my United needed. You get so or oh, the the review that they've liked they've liked to the fans that they would do <laughs> because the thing I, is I did not expect that they were going to do right, but I'm just saying. As a club, this is actually what we need. What we right? need. What we need. Yeah. We could have even if we're not selling, at this point we should have brought in at least two players. Or agreed like um transfer Yes. That we are going to get two players. Now clubs have already making have already started making signings. Aston Villa have made three signings. Exactly. Exactly. Must have made two. Man exactly. City that won the league have made two signings. Who's the the boss? Julian Alvarez. Now that was already completed now before even the yeah, end of the season. Yeah, it was com- what com- that, that's that's it now. It was completed for the summer. He's coming to the club this summer. Yeah. Yeah. So that that tells you the summary of how things are going for United this transfer window. Now at first it was not a possibility that it was now they now said he, he was ninety percent ready. I think it was uh Gerard Moreno or someone Gerard like, Romero, yeah. That said that. 
Now, at this point now, they're saying he's unlikely to leave the club again. And then they're saying Barcelona wants to sell him, but he does not want to come to United and all that. So, like, this is all just speculation. Now, we're having hearing stories about Julian Timba, who is probably, like, the most likely person to come to United. And there, there was there was a twist to the Julian Timba story yesterday. Um, Ajax had in all they can to convince him to stay. And there was United and plot twist. Now, Matt George, who is the CEO of the club, said, I think, in 2018. Now, these were his exact words. Transfer speculation drives interaction across our social media channels. That's the person in charge of the club right now. So I don't I I don't feel like anything will change. And I'm sorry to say, but it's just the truth. These guys have not shown us any reason to believe otherwise. I feel like the football will improve for sure, because having had more in-depth analysis of Eric Ten Hag, you get he actually pays attention to detail. And if Man United is not all that they promised him, right? I think he's going to leave because to, yeah. he was wanted at bigger clubs than United, right? Like bigger clubs right now. I mean, by big, I don't mean, I don't mean um, popularity or anything. I mean more successful clubs at the moment, right? Mm, so clubs, yeah. he chose to come here, and he has a plan. Definitely, you get and a way he wants to play and players that he will need and i know i know the football will improve but i don't know if the ambition of the fans will be matched by the owners right yeah and then so, um, even even if the football is going to improve i mean with every new manager football improves football improved with with um, with ole with van Gaal. I, football did not improve with Ragnik, sadly but um thing is um the, the improvements will not be sustained because there's no squad depth. I mean, we've we we are probably letting go of thirteen players this this summer, and we've been linked to only three players. And there's uncertainty. There's uncertainty over the young. There are no strong links to Darwin Nunes. The the links to power, the strongest link we have is Jiren Simba, and Jiren Simba could stay at Ajax. So that's zero strong links for a club. I don't even think we should be fighting over Darwin Nunes right now. Yeah, I mean that well. I think the club has that's that's a lot of money, right? Yeah. That is going into someone that's not Premier League proven. And then... it's going to be second fiddle to Ronaldo next season. Yes. Yes. And I don't think we should be buying someone that's going to fill that role for that amount. I feel like at this point we should we should be getting someone that's a real talent. Defensive midfielder. Yeah. <laughs> Not, like nothing has probably that's what the, the the role they want the young to play at Man United. Well, I mean, yesterday the young said he likes to be the first midfielder to receive the ball from the defenders. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the only job of a defensive midfielder. You actually need to be able to plug the gaps. You get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. The young has always been a fine ball player, right? Mm-hmm. He's always been fine with that playing the ball, but then when you're out of possession. He likes to press, right? And that's yeah. not the job of a defensive midfielder. Defensive midfielder blocks the gaps. Mm-hmm. As much as you pro- progress play, you have to make interceptions. You get. And that's not when you're charging down players. That's when you're plugging the gap and making interceptions. And that's the thing. Like, it's 
these these are things that are so underrated, right? Like Rodri behind the shadows has risen to the best defensive midfielder in the world right now, right? And then we have a lot of players at United that are all about the talk. You get, you have a bad game, you compulsively have to come and post that you will have a better game the next day. On and then you would also, media. you will also, you also mess it up, and then come and promise to have a a, a better game the next day, and also mess it up. Like so, sometimes I'm just like, bro, would you shut up and and perform on the pitch? And just perform on the pitch, right? At this point, like, nobody should be taking breaks. And that's the attitude that I'm glad that Ten Hag is bringing to the club, right? Yeah, Britain starts June 27th for players that are not playing the Nations League. Yes. You have to come back and put in the work. I just hope, like, that he, he shows the real ruthlessness and the club backs him because... The problem with what's been happening so far is these coaches know that the club will not back them when it comes to certain players, right? At this point, I don't think Ronaldo has ever been a problem in his life, right? Because even when he does not like the way you're asking him to play, it's obvious he doesn't like it, but he will try. And he does not come to the press and whine about it. Yes, because he's a professional, right? Now, but all these people that have really done nothing in their career, happen to have a lot to say because they have a lot of followers because of United. Because these players, if they were playing somewhere else, if they started their career at a different club, probably they wouldn't have as much influence as they do at the moment you get. My United has given all of them a platform. You get to go on from there and <laughs> and stay relevant. I'm <laughs> um, quickly let's talk about We've talked about transfer targets and we've talked about people leaving the club. How do you think the outgoings and potential incomings? Um, there is one there's one potential incoming that I'm about 50% sure will happen, and that's Jaren Timber. Club are also looking at Paul Torres, and the club is also looking at the club are also looking at David Camo. Um David Camo plays for Porto, I think. Yeah, Porto for center back position. Club is looking at Darwin Nunes. There's there's the young situation where he wants to play Champions League football and United just don't have that juice right now. Um, there's Nunes. <laughs> I I don't know. I I think we don't need Nunes. Oh, I don't think we need Nunes now. And Precious feels the same way. But anyway, I mean, I I could stay on this podcast and cry all day and they're still going to do what they want to do. So yeah, how using the transfer targets will fit? Most importantly, because I'm losing a lot of players that are ordinary not playing. Um. Axel Swansebe is leaving the club. Um, Eric Bailly is leaving the club. Um, Aaron These players were not playing anyways. You get even at the time that we had injury crisis, right? This particular set of players were not playing either way. Mm-hmm. Right? The only person that was playing that we lost or that we've lost so far is Paul Pogba, right? And then even then, the the coaches did not rely on him so heavily. Right, so I don't really think that I think at this point we've only been clearing that wood, right? Yeah, clearing that wood. I, I don't feel I don't feel okay. mm-hmm. particularly that we need a whole lot of replacements. You get you can give young stars a go, right? Because I feel like there are people who have the potential to try and step up. We've not even talked about right back because 
We've not talked about right back. I think we even need the two new full backs because the current crop of full backs at Man United are just not are just not good enough. That's it. I but I feel like with proper preseason, tell us for one, does not look physically prepped for the Premier League. And I he just can't go up and down. Like yeah, yeah. you know how Robertson Arnold freely they don't even look tired. They do it for Three games a week, you get mm-hmm. same energy, same intensity. That's that's um, conditioning, right? That's conditioning. Now, my United players are not conditioned. You see it with Shaw when he goes up, tracking back very difficult. You see yeah, it even back. another, even another is said to be like defensively, uh, whatever. Not like perfect. he's not that great defensively, right? He doesn't. He doesn't stay in attack. When they lose the ball, everybody tracks back, including Mohamed Salah and everybody in the team. And that's conditioning. And if you hear about their like their preseason um regimen, you would understand. You understand why you get because they are so fit. And that is the problem with my United players. Even at some point it now looks that everybody is gassed. Not focused, you get when it's when it starts telling on their bodies, they lose focus. Yeah, and uh, it's it, it happened a lot on that ragnik where the club started the first 15 minutes of the game all right and played mm-hmm. nonsense for the for the other 75 minutes. That's it, that's the point. Like Ragnik was set up to fail, that's the truth. He was set up to fail, and then he did not, he didn't come to take drastic action, right. He just came to observe. Because if he came to take drastic action, there are a lot of people that shouldn't have played um, another game. After the first five games, we knew that there were people that were never going to perform for him. At this point, I feel the new season should start with a new captain. Yeah, definitely. That's that's going to be... That's going to be... Statements. Um, if if we change club captain, it's be a really huge statements. Um, that 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 the manager will be backed by the board because it's Harry Maguire is still the club's captain for goodness sake. Yes, he just shouldn't be. I'm just looking. I'm excited to have James Garner back because. I think he had a very wonderful season with Nottingham. Yeah. I don't think he needs I don't think he needs another year to settle in. He should settle in at United. But then he needs I think they need to bring in a proper defensive midfielder for him to learn from. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to Ahmad. I don't I'm not looking forward to Ahmad. I'm not <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. I feel like he's very skilled. I'm looking forward to what Ten Hag would do with him, but I don't think he's he's mentally ready for United. I I, I don't know. I I feel I feel the I guess I think a small squad for next season. I feel the team should focus their small squad on the let these boys play cup fixtures. I mean it's not it's not like um Eric Ten Hag has said that a major objective for him will be getting the club back to the Champions League next year. That's where Man United belong. 
Let's see about that, right? Because the competition in the Premier League now is only getting tougher, right? Liverpool, we know how good they are already. They are going to be in the top four. Man City, going to be in the top four. Chelsea, with their 200 million budget on an already good squad, is going to be in the top four. Now, Tottenham, with Conte, that's going to be back this summer because he has Champions League football. You get, like, that is the contention now between Chelsea, Tottenham, United and Arsenal. And we see how how good Arsenal was for a majority of last season, right? Until injuries and I think they, they got exhausted because they really came from far back and came into the top four and they yeah. couldn't keep it. But I feel like they are going to be they're going to be making a case next season, right? Because Ateta has had time with these boys. And it's obvious, like, you can see that they are getting closer to where they they want to be. You get the way they want to play. So, I feel like it's very, it sounds very nice to the ear, right? But it's going to be a very difficult job. Because you'll be playing Chelsea that have a really good squad, a really good coach, right? And they have 200 million to spend this summer. Now, you would also be playing Tottenham with Conte. We all see what Conte... We also saw what Conte could do, like, last season, right? Because Tottenham were in in a fairly bad place, and he brought them to the top four, right? And nobody's even talking about that. And he improved the quality of their performances, right, to a very large extent. So, that is... That is these are people that are going to be in the running. And you have um, so that you have Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, and you don't know who is coming from behind, yeah, right, to also join that battle. Now you now throw in Man United into that mix. Very confused. It's, it's only going to be interesting. Same. Anyway, let's let's watch. Um, I feel we should get into transfer journalists. So um, yeah, I. I said that um, a couple of people have asked me to do this. Um, a couple of people have, have asked me who, who they can trust. Because the thing is, there is a lot of rubbish going out. I mean, I I could just wake up and say I am in the know and post some crazy stuff about transfers. Do some very intelligent guessing and it works. And then I start to gain followers online and eventually I deceive people I gain some sort of false loyalty online. That I'm a reliable journalist, all of that stuff, and it's. But um, I have journalists that you can trust. I mean, they have a proven record of reliability and credibility. So that's what we're going to get into right now. Um, ranking for journalists, I said I'm. I'm just going to do journalists that I trust, and journalists that um, when I see news from them, I know that I can trust their information. I'm, I'm not going to talk about journalists that you should not trust uh, because that's that's um, that's the, I don't mean, I don't mean talking about anybody. Um, everything I'm going to say here is my personal opinion, so it's not like I'm some authority or something. I think I I said that sometime as a disclaimer. So yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So there's I think I'll do three tiers. There's tier zero which is, like I've always said, your club's official website. It's 100% reliable. 
So when your club confirms the player, the player will be at your club whenever <laughs> the club statement says he will be at your club. Someone say John will be Mikel. Oh, come on. <laughs> Announced by United, but never played. Oh, come on. Okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, Okay, anyway, um, there was, and I, I think there was another transfer where Sushi was going to happen. Pedro to Man United. Mm-hmm. Was it announced? No, it was not announced. They were talking about announced transfers. Jodobi Mikel held up the United shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> let's get into it. So, there's, I'm talking about here, there's tier one, um, Fabrizio Romano. Of he course, for the Guardian and his freelance. Um, Precious mentioned Gerard Romero, which I think is the one for Barcelona news. Yeah, but I don't know the the information that he's been, that he got on this the young transfer is. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't. know. I feel like eventually it will happen because when he said Messi was going to leave Barca, he was so sure of it. And even when they were conflicting reports, he kept on saying that Messi will you leave the club. I think yeah. I think because 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 he covers just Barcelona and he has some access to inside information because he said that um, I think what he said is that the only player or one of the only players that Barca can sell to fix their financial issues is De Young. Okay. Yeah, because he's basically the only player of value in the club. Yeah. So I think on on that basis, but let's see how how the transfers work out. Another person that that says his stuff and stands his ground is Jan. I'm so sorry if I'm guessing this wrong. And he he used to be a footballer. Uh I've forgotten who he played. I think he played in Germany. Um, he's Norwegian. So <laughs> I think his name is Jan. Age. For forgers thoughts, I think something like that. <laughs> I think they, they say, I think it's pronounced Yotov. Yotov okay, or something. Yotov. Okay. Yotov. Um I think they've had him on the United stand a couple times. Yeah, and he that he's Norwegian, so of course he likes only till the end. <laughs> <laughs> um there's Matt Law at Matt Law DT. He works for the Telegraph. Think Chelsea news. Um, there is, there is. Um, oh, I'm citing Simon, Simon, Simon something. He works for the Daily Mail. He is the chief Northern correspondent. Is this for Simon Daily Stone. Mail. No, Simon Stone is for the BBC. I think okay. Simon. I've, I've forgotten his name. I'll, I'll, I'll check it up and, and tell you before this episode ends. Um, so you've talked about Simon Stone. Simon Stone is for the BBC. He covers Manchester clubs. That's Man City and Manchester United. Um, there is Adam Blackmore. I think he, I think he cover his. He works for the Telegraph or I think Telegraph or what's what's the other one? I've I've forgotten I've forgotten what he works for. But I think covers Southampton News. There is Mike Verge Wedge. He works for the Telegraph. That's T E L E G R A A F. That's the Netherlands, um, Netherlands transfer news. There's Mike Verdwedge. There's James Docker, the Telegraph, now the English Telegraph. There's Mark Odgen, ESPN. There's Alex Shaw, ESPN. 
There's Gianluca Di Mazio, Sky Sports, Italian Transfer News. There's Jack Guahan, Daily Mail. There's James Pars, Times UK. There's David Ernstan, The Athletic. There's David Yeah. Larry Whitfield, a Man United exclusive covering United The Athletic. There's Mike McGrath, The Telegraph. Jamie Jackson, The Guardian. Jose Felix Diaz, Real Madrid. He covers Real Madrid and Spanish news. Um, um, yeah, I've, I've talked about Adam Blackmore. There's Alfredo Pedula, Italian news. There's Romeo Agresti. Are these all tier ones? Yeah. Wow. There's Romeo Agresti. He works for Gold.com and he covers Italian news. There's Craig Hope. There's Paul Joyce. There's Craig Norwood. You know Craig Norwood? He's a photographer. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's a photographer. But then, um, there's this stuff he does. When, for example, it's he, he, it's just for Man United. So, when United are, like, in for a player, and then he posts a video of the player, like, in co- a compilation of the player, it's almost certain that the transfer, is, that the transfer has gone through. That's and, of crazy. course, I cannot forget Howard North. For Man United, I think Man United as well. He works for the BBC, if I reckon, if I reckon correctly. Um... I don't know where to place Ed Aarons for the Guardian. So I think tier 1.5. Um, he's not 100% reliable, but I think he's 80% or so. I mean, there is nobody that is 100% reliable except your club's official website. Um, Bar Mikel Obi and Man United. <laughs> um, okay, so um, there's, I, I think tier 2 in my opinion, there's Santi Aona. Um, there's Samuel Lockhurst, Chief Man United Writer for the Man- for Manchester Evening News. There's Tyron Marshall. There's Chris Wheeler for the Daily Mail. There's Le Quipe. There's Le Parisien, all for French news. Ojogo. I think Ojogo covers Porto. Ebola covers Sporting Lisbon and other um, Portuguese teams. There's Record Portugal as well. There's Patrick Berger. I think he's tier one for Borussia Dortmund and Borussia Mönchengladbach only. Um, there's RNBVB. I think they are tier one for just Dortmund. I mean, there's BVB in the name, so it's just Dortmund. Um, there's Raphael Hongstein. Uh, he's German, German news. I don't know where to place him. These are journalists that you can trust that I trust. It's a long list. I could go over it. Um, I'll just add a small segment to this episode where... I, I still remember that I, I have to tell you the about the chief writer for the Daily Mail, the chief northern correspondent for the Daily Mail. So I've not forgotten. I'll get that to you after recording this segment. So yeah, that's my package. I think there are 40 sources here and this should have you covered for transfer windows, not just this transfer window. But I'll keep updating this when as reliability starts keep climbing up or when they get less reliable. But yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I'm looking forward to a chaotic summer, right? Everybody yeah. is threatening. Everybody seems to be threatening apart from United. Yes. What do you think? Do you think Mbappe could still go to Real Madrid? I think um the club the club has said that they will not sign him again. Did they make that statement? I mean, they're not going to make the statement, but then 
I'm a reliable journalist have come out and said that they will not sign him again. That Real Madrid have closed the window for Mbappe forever. Mm. I don't think they can do that. It's Real Madrid after all. <laughs> it's Real Madrid. I think if he keeps if he keeps becoming more of that shiny toy, he gets they are going to want him, of course. Well, I, but I, I think I, I think at this point. Mbappe would probably come to the Premier League first. Before going to Real Madrid? Yeah, before playing in the Spanish League. Because I feel like he could end up at Liverpool. There's a a chance that he could end up at Liverpool. I see with Mbappe, I don't know. Because, I mean, when, when they were, I think, when the reports first came out that he was going to have a say, in deciding who the new manager was and who the new sporting director would be. Why? I doubt, I, I doubt and it's actually true. Because um, according to the journalists I've listed here, I mean, Fabrizio Romano did not give details, but he said that Mbappe will have some sort of power at the club to have says in key decisions at the club. Which is the main problem with Paris Saint-Germain. So that's, that's the thing. I, That's the main I problem that like they have, and they've the made it team. official. They've officially yeah. picked up the problem. I don't think any, I don't think any other club in the world will give him that kind of power. And that and no, he... no club in the world should even kind of power based on what what education, right? Like ah. this is this is similar to the thing they do at United, right? You give people who know nothing about some things. The ability to make decisions about those things, like to what end, and they just mess it up exactly because they, they shouldn't be having a say in those things in the first place. Now, how do you how do you even coach a player, right? Who has who 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 employed you, right? I'm... How do you find him if he comes <laughs> late to training? How do you how do you find him? Now this is a club that has Lionel Messi, right? If there's mm-hmm. anybody that should know anything about coaching, right, or who a proper coach should be for the club, or a sporting director, I believe it should be Lionel Messi, right? Why, why mm-hmm. asking a 23 year old or 24 year old to to make sporting decisions? You get when? How long has he been in the game? From what from what intelligence is he going to make those decisions for? So yeah, well, I, I, giving, giving him that kind. I'm looking. It's for it, it I, even it it it's actually a problem for me that he wants that kind of control. I don't like it. I don't like that about him. I don't like that about him. That he wants. For what reason? I don't like that about him. I don't know if he asked for that or it was just given to him like as part of the package of how much they want him. But for whatever reason why they're doing it, I think it's not that he wants that or that he subscribes to that. Yeah, I I don't think and that's why I, I had a I had a huge problem accepting it. I mean I I do not think any club was going to be that senseless. Well, welcome to Paris. <laughs> now yeah. it's going to be Neymar worried about like 
how much power Mbappe has at the club. And there's there's talk about the club you wanting to sell Neymar. <laughs> to who? Why are you yeah. going to sell Neymar? <laughs> I have no idea. Like I, I I think I posted something on WhatsApp and said to give Neymar fire from my club. I I mean no disrespect to his ability, but Neymar has a lot of off the field issues, and that's not what we want at United currently. Well, even with his ability, his ability is not that effective. He's a showman, right? And it was only at Barcelona that we we saw him really apply himself to get results, right? But apart from that, he's mostly a showman. Anyway, like, well, which team would you add Neymar to? You get, and he would be like a revolutionary addition. He wasn't at PSG, was he? He wasn't. Nope. They were already winning league one trophies. Before he came, so I don't even know. Like, Neymar is what you add to the team when you've already been dominant, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not that, not the the bit that that makes you ready to challenge for trophies that you didn't have before. That's, that's he's not that kind. He's not that kind of player. Okay. Um. I. I think I. Let's. Um, okay, there's I've talked about Mark Mark Odgen. Yeah, there's Simon Peach. I I should not forget that. There's uh, on reliable journalists, there's Simon Peach. There's yeah, the the guy I told you about, um Sammy Mockbell for the Daily Mail, chief football reporter. Yeah, that's Sammy Mockbell eighty one underscore DM on Twitter. He works for the Daily Mail. So yeah, I've talked about Rafael Hungstein. Um so that's 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 the journalist that's journalist for me, and then some some news sources quickly um, that I think are reliable. Of course, the Telegraph, Time Sports, the Guardian, um, Sky Sports, BBC, ESPN. So yeah, that's I think I've done I've done some sort of justice <laughs> on journalists. That you can't trust. I have not mentioned. Um, yeah, there's there's Mike Keegan as well. There's Christoph Terrier. There there's a lot of journalists you can trust. I I have left. Um, what's his name? I have left. I have left. Um, I have left. Uh, what's yeah? I have left Christian Falk out of this episode because, to be really honest with you, I like I said, this is my opinion. I don't know his I don't know his his reliability level again. There's Iron Lady Man and there's Melissa Reddy. I think she covers Liverpool news exclusively. Um I don't know how reliable she is, but people trust her for tier two. So if I was put her in a place, I'll put her in tier two. So that's all for us. I think I've I think I've given up to 40 journalists here and yeah, we should have it covered for the summer. Um, welcome to the summer transfer window on 10th June, as I've said, and I'm looking forward. We are all looking forward to the transfer window. Yeah, we are, especially for my United. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is my package. This is our package. Um, it's been a while we released an episode, so we hope you listen in and get um get some sort of clarity for the transfer window so you don't just go jumping around believing everything you see for your own for your own for your own sake so that 
So avoid heartbreak. I mean, <laughs> just don't believe it until it's official, right? Yeah, there was. It's not, if it's not official, it, it could change. Yeah, could we all thought Mbappe was going to Real Madrid. Yeah, it, it, it there is always a possibility. Now, very important to say that there is always a possibility for every transfer to change. I mean, we talked about Mikel Lobi at the beginning of the episode, and um, yeah. I, I so let's that. take a minute to talk about the Champions League final. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm coming. I was just saying quickly a funny story. One time, I think I was I was somewhere and someone showed me a tweet by Ellen Haaland saying he had signed for Chelsea. You know, you know, you know how um, Eden Hazard tweeted that he's joining the, the the champions of the world as his next team when he was mm-hmm. leaving Chelsea. Sorry, cha- champions of Europe. Someone showed me that same tweet for, from Ellen Haaland. And it was obviously photoshopped. And he was so confident that Haaland tweeted that. <laughs> this is this is the episode for guidance and clarity so that you don't go around believing everything you see. Uh, Champions League. We have to talk about the Champions League final. Um, they should, <laughs> I think we have four minutes to do that. The final, like, what did you, what did you think? Do you think Real Madrid were lucky? I I I don't know. I I feel they had a plan. They had a plan and they stuck to it. And it's it's really difficult when when I mean the pressure from Liverpool was immense. But I've always talked about how calm that Real Madrid team is, or how calm they are, and it showed the pressure from. And then they they just had. I don't have the stats here, but I know that they were very effective with their shots on targets. Well, they they did they did like I think I think what happened is I think what happened was that Madrid knew that they needed one goal and they were going to defend really well. Mm-hmm. And. We've 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 been we've been we've questioned and playing Vivaldi as a right winger here a couple of times, and it worked. It worked on on that day. It did. It did really work. It did really I mean, work. I, I think I think they had problems going forward, but Vivaldi playing a right wing means means that they had an extra defensive minded midfielder when they had to defend. Yes, he basically played as another midfielder, right? And the only reason they had to do that, which I've been saying all this while, is because Tony Cruz cannot press. Right? So they needed someone to press with Modric. Right? So that was basically why they had to play Valverde at right wing. And if you check that match, Liverpool dominated that game. You get which is exactly what happens when you play Tony Cruz against a big team, right? You're going to lose the midfield battle. Now, um, we it, it was Valverde, like, he's very honest with the way he plays, right? Uh-huh. He's not very tricky, but he puts in the work, which is why he was able to be in the position of a right winger to, to, to make that cross, right? So... I I don't think it was luck. I don't think it was luck. I think it was it was planning. Now Madrid know their team, and they know that uh, shoulder to show that they will probably not beat Liverpool, right? So <laughs> they they kept they kept themselves honest. They kept themselves humble, right? 
and then put in a very good defensive performance and they were able to nick what looked like two goals but yeah and, and, yeah, I, and Kotoa no, was doing a madness in the post, right? Yeah, he was... I, I think he made he made nine saves in that game. Yeah. yeah and very, and... Just, just before we go, I want us to talk about Benzema's disallowed goal. Yeah, that was that was a bit shocking though, but I think people don't realize that the offside rule like works differently in the eight yard board. Okay. Do you think it was a goal? Initially I thought it was a goal, right? But at second glance, I don't even know. I just I don't even want because, to involve myself in those in I those mean, decisions because these people can do a madness. I I I think from what I know, um, Benzema was behind the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and then I think there's a rule that says that for an opposition player to be behind the goalkeeper, there have to be two players behind him. Yeah. Oh yeah, for the goal not to be outside. Now there was one player behind behind and um, behind Allison. Mm. I think that's Van Dyke. Mm. But the ball also came off Fabinho, which makes Benzema onside. Now <laughs> yeah, the, I think it was more like a deflection, right? Yeah, they said they Yeah, said a deflection does not count as yeah. it doesn't count as an opposition touch, right? Yeah, so, so that's that's but then it counted in one game actually yeah, against Man City. There's, there's a whole lot of confusion because they said they said. Do you know that game against Man City? Yes, um, Sterling was clearly offside, but it was just a deflection from the opposition defender. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you can remember that game. I, now these are the things that confuse us because a deflection does not count as a touch normally, right? In football, even when the ball is going towards goal. Yes, it has to be. It has to be a pass, right? A deliberate pass for it not to be offside. Now he didn't pass the ball, so probably that's that's the issue there, right? But in some games where you would expect them to also take the same decision, you know, a consistency, right? But then they probably won't deliver on that. But that's what we've come to to understand as football, right? Yeah. Um, I I read an article. Um, I we're rounding up. I read an article on Medium where. The author says that referees should be made to give post-match interviews. Yeah, to explain themselves during the games. Explain why you did what you did. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. If you know you're going to be held accountable to the decisions you make, you'd surely be more careful about it. Yeah. So (laughs) that's that's some serious agenda to push because it's annoying when, I mean, the rules are there, but the rules can be bent towards a certain way sometimes and then I mean there is the fact that officiating is completely on the referee it's always his or her discretion always 100% but the rules are meant to guide them and I don't know I don't know so yeah I agree that they should be held accountable and give post-match interviews like managers yeah I agree with you Give it so, to you yeah. definitely. That's our package, and thank you for listening. My name is Chinedum Awa. Um, my uh, his, his precious vocal is at Kachi on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I write about football on Medium. I think I should put out an article this week on. Uh, I there's I have three articles lined up. I I should put out one this week. Um, I I think 
a would-be and world-class players and how the standards have dropped and all of that stuff. But yeah, that's it. I'm my space show on Twitter, I'm my space show on Facebook, and at my space show underscore on Instagram. One question, Chinedi. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you think at this moment that Son is a world-class player? Nope. <laughs> you still don't think he's world class. Yeah, the world class season. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying at the moment. At the moment. Like Well, I there's there's going to be an episode. I think it's going to be our next episode where I think we're going to have fans come on and talk about whether players can lose their class. I mean we've we've all probably heard people say from the temporary but class is permanent. So yeah. that that argument is going to decide on a lot of factors. For example, um, is Eden Hazard currently world-class? I mean... If... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Well, Eden Hazard never scored 21 Premier League goals, right? He didn't I mean, do that. I know, I know. I know. But it's it's great. It's, Son actually scored 23. Oh. You see yeah. that? Like, has there been people that came to the Premier League, scored 23 goals, but we are not world-class players? So And um, Lini has been, has been telling me that he wants to talk to you about Son. <laughs> yeah, he's welcome to like there there's really no there's really no like no di- there's no disagreement, right? I said Son at the moment is doing well, right? But based on what he's done, you get so far like in his career, his career he has not had a world class career. Yeah, and I right? I I think yeah. he had a world class season undoubtedly. Yeah, he, he was always going to because the numbers were very, very good. Very, very good, right? And I think he carried Tottenham this season. I don't think it was Kane that carried Tottenham this season. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And like, fun. the funny thing is, why is Ronald not in the team of the season? <laughs> I, 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 I think, is, is he not? I think he is. I don't think he is. He is, he is, yeah, he is, he is. He's... Was he? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, he is. I think the the team that has 18 players, he's on that team. That has 18? Yeah. 11 and then a bench. He's on the team. Was he on the bench or in the team? I, there, were, there were no specifications. Just 18 players. Uh-huh. Well. It's, yeah. just, it's just crazy because Winning player of the month three times. It should it should mean something, right? It should mm-hmm. it should count for something. It should count for something. Anyway, those those are what's marvelous. Jurgen Klopp won manager of the season, and he never won manager of the month. He did not win it at all throughout the season. I think the manager. Who do you think should have been manager of the season? Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. Yeah, of Newcastle. Like he actually did the madness. I think even this guy, this guy, this guy didn't do badly. This Brighton manager. Um, Graham Potter. Yes. I think Brighton had a really, really shaky season. There were times when they were very good and times where they were bad. Yes, because the Premier League is so competitive right now, right? Even the smaller teams like Watford that was relegated that had Emmanuel Dennis, had, um, was it Joshua Graf King? Was... Like, you could see like they had they had a so, squad that would have stayed in the Premier League yeah, a few years ago, role. right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Not even all these ones. Like they, they even bought Samuel Carlo at some point. Like 
that couldn't even get into the team. <laughs> it means you like there, there were so many players there, right? That normally like that's a a bottom half Premier League team, right? But now they can't even stay in the bottom half because you have teams like Newcastle that are looking like a proper mid-table side, right? Uh-huh. And you can even see Southampton is even going closer to relegation because they okay. refuse to improve their sport. <laughs> let's let's well. run let's run through the awards. I think I think Eddie Howe should have been manager of the season. I think I think Conor Gallagher should have been young player of the season. Young player of the season, undoubtedly. Like that is just bias. Giving I, it to Phil Foden is um, bias. I think I think um 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 what which which, which other awards were there? Um, How can you not even give it to Conor Gallagher? Like <laughs> with the season that he had, like his first season in the Premier League, playing for, for Crystal Palace with those numbers and with the contribution, like to leave the numbers aside, right? Because sometimes the numbers are affected by the quality of players that you're playing with, right? Yeah. So like look at look at um the contributions to the team, the leadership, the energy. Ah. Um, I well, I think the player of the year should have been Son. The brain won it. The brain did not have an inconsistent. He didn't have a consistent season. Yeah, it's just like I mean, he he ended the season with 15 Premier League goals. He scored. He scored. I think he scored a hat trick against one team. Four. He scored four. He scored four. He scored two against United. So that's six goals in two games, and then I mean there was there was a time when he went on a really long stretch without a goal contribution, and then yes. we we have to consider consistency in these awards. Son has been consi- consistently carrying Tottenham on his back <laughs> anyway. for the whole season, right? For the yeah, whole season. For the whole season. I don't I don't know how they what they make these awards based on. Yeah. Anyway, so that's our package. Um. I have given you the 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 chief writer for the Daily Mail. I think Sammy Mockbell, if my memory serves me right. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you everyone for joining us on this episode.